Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sass, Smart, and Scotch. I was on hiatus last week, so there's going to be a two-parter podcast coming out this week. Um, The last two weeks have been really intense. I don't know about you. Um, Intense, um, kind of insane, incredibly emotional. Um... And I'm not just talking about the election, which was all of those things. Um, So the last two weeks, my dad's birthday was the same day as the election. Um, I had an injury issue that I will talk about. I saw Adele in concert. It was my first time seeing her in concert. And I will definitely be talking about her. Um, My dance studio is closing. I had a peaker gathering. I got a new job. My Chloe and Isabel manager is stepping down. I have a story about Greta. The time change affected me, I feel like, more than usual. Um, I don't know what's... It's... Uh, I like the extra hour of sleep. It really didn't make a difference because I think I just slept an extra hour on Sunday anyway. Like, I slept in like usual. Um... But when, I don't know, getting darker earlier just like ruins my evening because I'm looking outside thinking, oh my gosh, it's 10 and then it's six and I feel like I'm tired like right when it's dark and I'm already tired all the time. So I don't know. Anyway, so I, oh, there's so much to talk about. So I'm going to talk about quite a few of those things that happened the last two weeks. Um... And I was trying to figure out, and I have some fun stuff stuck in there too, my usual weird topics, (laughs) Uh, but I I don't know what to start with. I was thinking like, I have my outlines usually, and I have like fun stuff in there, and then there's sad stuff in there, and I was thinking, do I start off sad and then like work into happy, so at least I leave you on a happy note, and I think that's what I'm going to go with. So, let's start with... um, Greta, and I've talked about Greta before, Greta Garbo, she is, uh, I have, (laughs) I had two adopted cats, um, Greta Garbo and Liz Taylor, they belong to my neighbors next door, and I've talked about them quite a few times on the podcast, Um, all all our kitty drama, and um, so yeah, basically a little, a week ago, uh, we lost Greta, so... I'm really going to try hard not to cry. Um, I posted on my personal Facebook page and I posted a little bit on Instagram if you follow me on Instagram. Um, But obviously nobody sees my personal Facebook page unless I'm friends with you. So um, if you've heard about Greta before, she was um, one of these, one of the cats. She had like these orange spots on her and both, both cats, Greta and Liz tend to chill out in our garage they're outdoor cats um and just a little background in case you haven't heard uh, the last podcasts about them um since our neighbors brought them home they've sort of been living at our house and from day one I basically was feeding them because I thought I thought originally they were strays so I I was basically like putting out um it was last it was last winter they got them, so it's only been about a year. Uh 
I saw them outside and I didn't know if they had a home. So I noticed they started sleeping in um, all our blankets and stuff that we would use to cover the plants whenever there was um, a freeze outside. And they would basically cuddle up in these. So I thought, oh my goodness, maybe they don't have a home. So I basically started like, I made little beds for them out there. And I obviously fed them because it's me. Um, so I, I've, I've fed them every day, uh, sometimes twice a day. Um, they basically have lived here. They're, they're our cats. And so the other day, my, my mom basically texted me. Our neighbor had texted my mom asking, is she in our garage? Um, cause our garage has steps that go up to the attic and the cats tend to just chill out there and they'll come in whenever we open the garage door and then they chill until like we basically go back and we're like, okay, time to come down, time to eat. And, uh, so I went to go check and she wasn't up there. So I figured she's probably wandering around wherever cause she's not her cat. They, they basically let her wander. Um, and I think probably 10, 20 minutes after I checked the attic, the owner came to the door. And so I saw her at the door and she basically, she was crying um, because she said that, that, that Greta, she calls it, I don't even remember the name she calls it. I called her Greta. Um, she basically said that um, Greta was dead and she was um, on the street on like one of our, our farm roads, like way outside the neighborhood. Um, so she was basically crying. She couldn't figure out, and I was trying not to cry. Uh, she couldn't figure out how Greta got there because Greta was the last few days before she died. She, she had a limp, um, because she got caught. She was at some point, um, when the garage door was up at my neighbor's house, she was, she got on top of it when it was just like open. So it's flat open and she was lying up there. So the owner thinks at some point when she, like when she drove out and closed the door that she got her paw stuck in between the pieces that, that basically like bend and close. Um, so nothing was broken, but she did have a bit of a limp. Um, so it was, it just, there was no way she could have walked that far. She couldn't even have walked out of our neighborhood. And if, and to, I don't even know mileage what it is, but to drive out of my neighborhood, um, on a good day, if I don't get caught behind someone slow, I've timed it. It is seven minutes driving out of my neighborhood. And she was like a few miles down the road outside of the neighborhood. So she, so my neighbor was basically trying to think like what, like there's no way she could have walked that far. And really she couldn't have even on a good day. She would not have gone there. Um, and I, I don't want to make this incredibly negative, but, um, basically my neighbor saying, I, I think someone picked her up and tried to throw her out of the car. Um, and that's, that sucks. And it's so horrible to think that there are people like that. Um, but unfortunately there are creeps in the world and so she was, she was basically crying. She's like, I, I just feel so bad because she's still out there. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to pick her up and she had her daughter in the car. And so she was telling me like, I'm, I'm waiting for a friend to come like after she's done like with with an appointment or something so she could go pick her up. Um, and all I could, like, I, 
part I didn't want to. I didn't want to go because I I loved this cat. Um I just thought if it was if it was one of my dogs, if it was Coco or Ginger, if something happened to them and they were on the side of the road, I wouldn't want them left there. So I basically offered to I I told her I was like I don't want you just like sitting at home and waiting for your friend and being worried that your cat is out there so I I will go and pick her up and so she's like do you, do you want me to like drive you there at least and I was like that's totally fine if you want to do that we'll do that so um we went and um so she basically pulled off the road a little bit ahead of of where the cat was and she was she was on the edge of a bridge basically over this like creek um and it didn't look, she didn't look like she was hit by a car, which is what you would assume on the side of the road. Um, like there, there were no signs of being hit by something. You know, if, if a car hit you, she would look like she was hit and there were no signs of that, which it makes you wonder what happened. Um, and as an, you want to know what happened because I think that puts your mind at ease. You want to have a reason for why this is, why this happened. Um, so basically I was crying. I was like, I was bawling as I picked her up because I picked her up and I put her in inside a pillowcase and then I put the pillowcase inside of a box. Um, and I was like trying to like get my, get my shit together before I basically walked back to the car. Cause I didn't, I knew she was, she was just feeling horrible and I didn't want to get there crying and make her feel worse. Um, so we got back to the car. I put her in the back without, I didn't say a word. I just put her in the back in the trunk and I closed the door and I got in next to her and she's crying. And, um, finally, like as we were driving back to our house and we're in the neighborhood, I just told her, I was like, I don't know if, if you'd want to, but in case you're thinking about it, don't look at her. Um, I, I didn't want her to see that there was no I didn't want her to see that it didn't look like she was hit by something because I don't want her to think my cat died in a horrible way. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I, I know that that's where my mind would go. You're going to start imagining all these horrible things. And I did not want, I didn't want that going through her head. That would just be so horrible. Um, so it was a rough day. We got back home. I put, I put the box in their garage so she could wait for her husband to come home. And then later when he did that night, um, they buried her in the backyard and I, um, I basically saw them bury her from our house. I bawled. And that night, um, Liz came meowing at the door, like always. And I basically like Liz was, Liz is always the one that kind of like, she's a little more skittish. Um, Greta was very, very friendly and would come up to you. And Liz is kind of the one, like sometimes when you open the door, she's unsure and she'll kind of like run away. And then, then when she sees it's me, she'll come back. Um, but she's never one to like come inside if, if she sees you there. Um, Greta would, if, if Greta saw me in the garage, she would walk in. If Liz saw me in the garage, she would wait until I was gone or out of the way before she would run in sort of thing. So this night, um, I was basically getting her, like I took her food bowl and I was getting her food ready and she just walked into the house 
and she was meowing and she just started walking around and like we were all watching thinking like this is not normal as behavior and we thought she was looking for Greta um which just like broke our hearts and she ended up walking out and now like the last the last week about every time I go to get her bowl she'll kind of like step into the house and look around like maybe is she there and she'll kind of walk in a few steps sometimes and then she'll walk back out but she's getting she's getting comfortable with walking in and out of the house now but um she's here a lot and I think I think she's very lonely now and like now like my dogs are very used to them now and ginger will go out and sniff them um but she's been here a lot more often and it just oh it breaks my heart because we had years ago um we had two goldens uh amber and Brittany, and they were litter mates so they were basically sisters and Brittany died really really early she was i think four and um Amber reacted like really bad. Like she, you could see this dog was depressed. She broke out into sores all over her body. Her attitude changed. Um, and she was like that for probably a year. Like you could really tell she, she missed her. And after about a year, we noticed that her, her mood changed again. She started to kind of get happier and she actually started to adopt certain things that Brittany would do. Cause they were, they were completely different dogs. Like the personalities were just on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, Brittany was very much mine. Like she, she did not like physical activity. She, um, she was my little chubby one and Amber, Amber loved to run. So if you took out a bike, she would just like be super excited and want to run. Um, and I think, so I, I know that these two like, I know Liz is just, she knows, she knows that her, her friend is gone. Um, so it's really sad. And that's, so that's what happened to Greta. Um, that's been rough. Um, something a little happier now. I'll just totally change the subject and the mood, hopefully. Um, so I saw Adele. It was my mom's birthday gift and my mom's birthday is in March. So it's been, um, it's, it's been a long wait for her birthday. Um, so the concert, amazing. Well, I'm going to start at the beginning, I guess. So she's very prompt. Um, we were told, and I have a friend that worked the, the, the arena basically. So she told me ahead of time as well, but, um, drinks drinks and all concession stands and and everything were to stop serving people at 7 55 and the concert with like the time on the ticket was eight o'clock um so at 7 55 like you are out of line they're not serving anything anymore and they were going to be closing the doors inside the arena so if you are outside if you're not there yet you are missing the beginning of it um at 8.10, or I guess maybe like a minute before, there was a box that was rolled out. So we were we were not in front of the main stage. We were kind of, um, we were closer to the middle, like the sides. Like you basically have the two sides of, of the arena and you have the back that faces straight ahead towards the stage. We were kind of in the middle of one of the sides and we were in front of, there was like a stage kind of in the middle of the of the floor. Um, so we were right across from that. So there was this box rolled out basically, um, into, and it went 
under that stage that was in the middle of the room and Adele was in the box. Um, so everybody's like freaking out, taking pictures of the box. We, you can't see her. Um, and like right at eight ten, they basically started the concert and she came up in the center of this stage that was in the middle of the floor. Um, and it was so good. It was so good. And my, my dog is freaking out for some reason. Okay. So anyway, um, there was a little girl. She basically, she asked, uh, if anybody was there for like a Christmas gift from last year, if anybody was there for their birthdays, anniversaries and all that jazz. And there was a little girl in front that had like her little birthday hat crown thing. Um, and she told her, she's just like, come up here, come up here. So this little girl got to go up with her mom. And as soon as she got on the stage, she's like, let's take a selfie. So I'm super jealous of this little girl. She has no idea, no idea. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't even really for her birthday. It was for her mom because her mom was freaking out as I would. I would have probably cried and hugged her. Um, There was a couple that got engaged during one of her songs and she actually like in the middle of the song, she's like, oh, they just got engaged. Congratulations. It was really sweet. Um, I really love Adele I adore her personality I mean I loved her before I love her I loved her even more I love her even more now um she's hilarious there was a song and she was kind of like talking about it um before she started to perform and the band started to play the music and she like literally she just stopped she's like shit I forgot to introduce the band stop the song and she started she basically like went back and introduced all the guys um and she, yeah, she cusses like a sailor. I really, I really like it. I like it. Um, and it was her last, it was her last U.S. tour date. She was saying that she has another one to make up because she had to cancel when she was um, sick. But basically she was saying like this felt, felt like the last, the last day of the tour because she had a break. She was going home literally like that night right after the concert with her son and she had a break before um, she has her few dates in Mexico and her few dates in Australia. Um, so she, this was, this was her last tour and her tour date. And um, so my friend that works the arena basically told me that when she, when she arrived for work, they were just finishing up sound check and she invited um, all the crew up on stage and she went and thanked each of them individually and she was crying and um it shows really how much she cares about them uh which is i mean i wouldn't expect anything less of uh, from her and she's um she's fantastic she's lovely she's beautiful funny i'd want to be your friend maybe one day i will be friends with adele that would be a great day um, so what else, what else, what else? So I wanted to talk about, I'm going to get to the Peaker Gathering because I'm sure a bunch of you have no idea what that means and the studio stuff. Um, but I did want to talk about something funnier. I, I saw a little, I always talk about these little random articles that I read and this is a, a good one in my opinion. Um, things parents did in the nineties that they wouldn't do today. And I think this applies to, or some of them apply to parents in the eighties, seventies, whatever as well. Um, but I thought some of these were right on cause I know friends that have 
kiddos or I've seen parents with their children um, these days. And I know, okay, seriously, something is up with my dog. She's like sitting next to me as if something's about to attack. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, um, so yeah, I see parents that just, uh, if they, if they witnessed this, they would probably call the cops. Um, but this was normal for us back in the day. Um, so we played on a questionable playground equipment, I guess if you can call it that. Um, rusty swings, broken swings, like if they're hanging, like it doesn't matter. You can still swing somehow on it, like your Tarzan. Um, or like broken, run down, um, like some teenagers probably tried to set fire to a slide or two and we still slid down them and they were bumpy and burnt. Um, I don't see that happening these days. I feel like parents would be like, stay away from that. Don't touch it. Um, when, when parents, and this is, this is something that applies to parents, not the kids. When parents went out back in the day, they did not have cell phones. Can you imagine parents today going out, like leaving their kids at home with a babysitter without having their phones with them? I mean, I can't imagine anybody leaving their house without their cell phones anyway, but like the only, the only way you could get a hold of a parent, like my parents back in the day, if a babysitter was with us is like, maybe they left the phone number for the restaurant, but they pretty much just, or like the hotel, if they were staying at a hotel. Um, but pretty much like they left like numbers for like other people. Like if we're, we're going to be gone. So if something happens and like a kid breaks an arm or something, you can call their grandparents or, you know, 911. <laughs> like These are the only options. Um, what other stuff? So, okay. I wrote down high fructose corn syrup. Um, I think just a uh, sugar, maybe just sugar applies. Um, oh, what were they called? Mr. Freezy, Mr. Freeze. Those like those popsicles that came in, like the plastic tubes. It's basically just like the liquid, just the sugar colored liquid in that plastic tube. And you would buy a huge box of them and put them in your freezer And then during the summer, we would have like 10 of them a day and the plastic would like cut the sides of your mouth. If you, if you've had them, you definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, how many of those did we eat? Like an obnoxious amount, like gushers, um, what is it? Fruit by the foot, which was, there was like no fruit in it. All of these things that had like crazy amounts of sugar, soda, we, I feel like, I feel like our age group had an obnoxious amount of all of that. And today a lot of parents tend to be like, no high fructose corn syrup for you. Um, maybe kids need sugar sometimes. Come on, you're a kid. Um, car seats. <laughs> this one I find funny because I used to date a guy with a kid and I felt like his daughter from my, for my knowledge, which it's, I don't have much about kids cause I don't have a kid, but, um, she was in a car seat for like a really like, even when we stopped dating and I felt like she was too big for a car seat. Um, but apparently that's the thing now. I remember just like I was a baby in a car seat and then when I was able to walk and run and play, I didn't have to be in a car seat anymore. I don't know when the rules changed. I survived. I think a lot of other kids did too. (laughs) We're all still here. Um, but like, I feel like kids are in car seats like really long time now. 
I was telling my mom the other day, there was a time when I was, um, I was with my nanny and her friend in the car and they didn't have a car seat. So, and I, I I couldn't have been that young cause I remember it, but, um, I distinctly remember like they just put me on the friend's lap in the front seat of the car and she just held on to me and they even told me like if you see a cop just like duck down so the cop doesn't see you and my mom wasn't worried my mom laughed at this like this was funny I survived it was totally fine um yeah parents I feel like not having their kid in a car seat just would not happen and I'm certain that I don't know someone would be called to like come take the kid away um yeah I don't know what that's all about um parents left kids in in left their kids in a car yes all the time again that's something like the cops would totally be called now I remember and I know this is not just my parents it's easier to run errands when your kids are in a car did my parents leave me in a hundred degree heat without a running car no but um oh it never really got that hot in Canada anyway but like if my mom had to run into a store or run into the bank or something, we were left in the car. They put like the blinkers on and we had a running car and we just chilled because if we had to go in, it was going to be this like huge production that took half an hour instead of like a minute. Um, That would not happen these days. If, if kids were seen left in the car, just, oh my God. Oh my God. What would happen? It's. Um, broken windows, uh, cops, children being taken away, all that jazz. Yeah, they didn't happen back in the day. Um, freedom to roam the town. I don't know. So, okay. I know what I grew up with. I know what my friends have told me about their lives. But, um, when I was a kiddo, we basically could go anywhere in our little city, um, even kind of if we wanted to venture as far off into the next city, then we would do so. We just had to be home for dinner or home after whatever sports practice or home when the street lights went off or home when we heard my mom yelling from the front door. Um, that was it. Like we basically like we had our bikes. We went everywhere and anywhere and that like that was it like we we roamed that's we roamed the city that will like that's what our childhood was like nobody ever worried about anybody kidnapping anybody the only time my mom was ever worried was um there was a day after I did I used to do swimming like competitive swimming every day so like I would go in the morning at like I don't know 7 a.m And I would be swimming for like five or six hours, however long it took. And then I had tennis practice for another two hours after that. And after practice, my mom expected me to come home. And there was one day that I took a detour and I stopped off at, um, I think it was like my old elementary school. I just like stopped and like sat because I was probably in a bad mood or something. And... I didn't realize how long I was gone for because I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have a watch. Um, but when I got home, my mom was like on the phone with the cops and I didn't realize it's cause I was like gone like another, like an extra two hours or something. So that I understand. Cause that was just 
not normal and I was by myself. Um, so at that point she thought something may have happened to me, but, um, yet we could go wherever just if my mom called me, then I, then I had to get my ass over there or else there would be trouble. Um, but that doesn't happen. I feel like kids don't go outside at all anymore, especially like they always have like parental supervision and we didn't, I mean, we just did our thing. Um, being barefoot, (laughs) being barefoot, we, this doesn't happen in Texas at least. And I'm sure in a bunch of other places because the grass sucks in Texas. And I know I've talked about this before. So the grass in Texas is not grass. It is like wood. It is like sharp wood (laughs) that you walk on. Um, Not only is the grass uncomfortable to walk on, but it's full of fire ants that will bite you and they hurt. So I don't do the grass area barefoot, but I tend to walk everywhere else barefoot just because that's how I grew up. And I feel like kids don't do that these days because, I don't know, parents are very obsessed with, like, children having shoes. But we always were barefoot, like, running across the streets to other people's houses, running around everywhere. I'm sure I even, like, rode my bike barefoot to, like, the park and was there barefoot. Like, the, the I don't know how much was probably under my feet at the end of the night. Um, But we did bathe, so that was okay. But like that, I I feel like you don't see that anymore. Parents would not let their children run around without shoes on. Um, Oh God, this is a good one. 11 year olds were your babysitters back in the day. Um, Can you imagine an 11 year old watching your kid, like someone letting an 11 year old watch their kids today? No, that would not happen. I actually think I was 10 when I first started babysitting. 10 years old. I was 10 years old and I was like taking care of other human beings at 10. Like parents trusted me enough to leave me to watch over their children when I was 10. So I was still very much a child. (laughs) And oh my God, that would not happen today. I feel like that would not happen today. And if I am wrong, if you know of someone that is 10 years or 11, I'll give you 11 that's babysitting or if you have an 11 year old babysitter watching your kids please let me know because if this is still happening I want to know about it do I think it's bad I don't know I think I was a very mature 10 year old (laughs) um oh gosh that was just oh um non-educational tv programming I feel like everything on tv today even though it's crappy like for little kids um I feel like they're all sort of educational, even if they're dumb. We had a lot of like, and when I say non-educational, I mean like weird shows that like really maybe children, maybe it shouldn't have been made for children, but it was. Um, Ren and Stimpy, Reboot. I don't know if all of these existed down here, but they were definitely up north. Reboot, Doug. Um, Rocco's Modern Life. My mom hated that show. She would turn that one off. Uh, and that was definitely not for kids. I mean, it was for kids. Like it wasn't made for adults, but it was like, it was messed up. Um, Sailor Moon. 
I know everybody loves Sailor Moon, but Sailor Moon had like nothing to teach you. It was really, it was, no. <laughs> oh my God, I have hiccups now. Um, wow, one hiccup, is that it? Okay, I think that was it. Maybe I scared myself. Um, yeah, we just had messed up TV. Uh, questionable toys. I've talked about, I had a segment before about, um, like toys that we had in the nineties, like, oh gosh, what were they? They were like pogs and like weird stuff like that. Pokemon cards. But, um, when I say questionable, this was the age where, oh, what were all those guns called? Like all those Nerf guns or something, or those all like got hugely popular. Uh, and there was like something called Sockum Boppers. So if you don't remember what that was, what it was, it looks like a huge, like a huge plastic ball that you would actually like put on your hand, like a punching glove, and then you could hit people. Like, why, why would you make that for kids? It's like your hand looks like it's been swallowed up by a big plastic, like a rubber ball, like a big one. And then you literally just go like hit your friends with it. And if your friend has one, then you both hit each other with this huge ball in your hand. I don't understand it. I never had it. Um, but that's what I mean by questionable toys. We had some messed up stuff that like if parents saw that today, they would be like, no, that is so mean. Like they don't even, do they even play dodgeball anymore? I hated dodgeball because I was usually picked last, even though I wasn't that bad of a player. That was my only beef with it. I always thought like, I'm a decent player. My aim isn't awesome, but I will usually hit something and I can also usually catch the ball, which is what you want in a dodgeball game. But I was also a loner and not cool. So the popular people are chosen first, even though they sucked at playing whatever. So that's my opinion on dodgeball. Um, freedom on the internet. So I came of age when the internet was like starting when we had that cool little dial-up tone that I've played once for you, <laughs> in case you forgot what it was. Um, even though we were limited because the internet was super expensive. Um, so even though we only had like five, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 if we were really good, um, there were no parental controls back in the day because it was just starting. So we could do whatever we wanted on the internet I didn't do much. I usually looked at boys at the time. I probably had a crush on someone from like Walker, Texas Ranger. Not kidding. Um, and kids could look up like boobies or look up whatever. I don't know what kids look up. They could look up whatever they wanted to. And that was it because, you know, there were no parental controls today. Kids probably could not do that or they would be caught or it would all be blocked. Um, sorry, children. Or parents could also check up on everything. And I think back in the day, we also, like, if we just erased the little history, that was it. Like, that was all you, like, that's all you had to do. Um, and my dogs are snoring. That's so nice. Um, we watched adult shows. And when I say adult shows, I don't mean porn. I mean <laughs> TV shows meant for adults. So Friends, um, I these are ones that I remember watching when I was little. Like Friends, MASH, ER, um... I don't think many parents let their kids watch Scandal 
or like even something like Grey's Anatomy. I'm pretty sure children are not watching those shows these days. Um, but I remember watching all of those. I didn't like them. I remember a time that I didn't like Friends. What was I thinking? I have no idea. But I remember like Friends would be on. Like I'm talking like first season of Friends and my mom would watch and I'd be like, oh, and we have to watch this. But I'd watch it. So I remember all of these shows. Um, I really enjoyed growing up in the 90s. I was born, I'm an 80s kid. I was born in the 80s, but I came of age in the 90s and I love the 90s. Um, So what happened with my, I said injury earlier. So on my dad's birthday, um, I cut my thumb on my left hand. I'm right-handed, thankfully. So (laughs) this is just a little lesson to everyone. When you're cutting something, especially when you have a really sharp knife, please pay attention to what you're doing. You think you know this. I thought I knew this, but um, I was paying attention to the TV. And at one point I was just like, oh, TV, what? And I kept cutting and I was holding a carrot and I just basically like my thumb was there and I just cut into my thumb. Um, it's a little deep. It's deeper than I think any other accidental cut that I've ever had. Um, I just took off the Band-Aid yesterday. I had to soak it because my dad basically just, it was bleeding. So we tried to stop the bleeding as much as we could. And my dad wrapped it up in tape like super tight um, just to hold it together basically because I was bleeding too much for glue. Um, so I basically had to like soak it to get the piece off yesterday and it's closed but um, you can definitely see where it was cut and I'm pretty sure because it was deep, I had, I, I hit an at least a nerve because um, it was in pain for a while, like pain down my thumb and now, um, and I had felt it earlier on as well before I took the bandaid off, but um, I think I have some sort of nerve damage because the top of above where I cut it, the top of my thumb and it's like basically... If you're looking at the thumb on your left hand and you're looking at where your nail is, it's like middle of the nail, like on the side of the thumb on the inside. I just like sliced through it. Um, basically above that cut, so top of my thumb, I'm numb. I can't feel anything. So I'm pretty sure it has some sort of nerve damage. Um, but I'm kind of used to being numb from nerve damage because of the surgery that I had when I had my um, jaw reconstruction. My chin and half of my face, like where my jaw is, basically along along my jawline is still numb. And that surgery was almost three years ago now. So another part of my body's numb. I hope the feeling comes back. Um, But yeah, kids, pay attention when you're cutting stuff. Don't do that. Um, So what else did I want to get to before I talk about the peaker gathering, before I talk about the studio... Um, I'm not going to talk about the election because I don't think I need to. I think everything has been said and everybody's been feeling what they've been feeling and I'm not going to, I don't think there's anything that I can say that's going to make any difference or make someone feel a certain way. Um, but I guess the only thing I will say about it is uh, remember to be kind to everyone. 
even the people that are being butt faces because sometimes they need kindness the most. Um, so job, the new job that I got, it's nothing special. I will still continue to be doing my website and I will still continue my Chloe and Isabel work and the podcast and all that jazz. Um, and of course my acting, I basically, I needed something else to help me pay my bills, uh, in addition to everything I do. So I'm just working as a waitress. Unfortunately, I really did not want to work as a waitress ever again. Um, but I didn't really have a choice at this point because I'm an actor. There's only so many jobs I can have that will allow me to take off if needed. And this is one that does it. So let's hope that nobody, let's hope I don't have a table where people like don't tip me because that would be really unfortunate. Um, so my manager that I talked about for Chloe and Isabel, I, I'm very upset that she's stepping down because she's, um, I've been with Chloe and Isabel for, at least two years. It's been well over two years. And, um, she hasn't been my manager since the beginning, but she stepped in pretty early on and she's become a friend of mine. And I've, I've done like vendor events with her and I've gotten to know her and she's stepping down because she's starting a new job and she just feels like she wouldn't have the time and she doesn't want to half-ass it. So I have total respect for her for doing that. Um, but I'm upset because I feel like she knows me now and knows like there's, it's not as much, yes, it's direct sales, but it's not like a, a pyramid thing like other companies have. So um, a lot of other direct sales companies have a downline. So for you to make money, you have to get like people under you and they have to make money for you to make money. That's not how this company works. I basically, um, I have a manager that we all, there's teams around the country and we basically have a manager that helps us try to do the best we can for our sales. And basically when I make sales, I make money. I'm the only person making commission off of it. Um, I think the managers do make like a small percentage because they do give us so much time, but, um, it doesn't take away from what I'm making. So they make a percentage like basically from, from the top, the top is like, okay, well, if, if you've worked this, if your team did this well, we're going to give you this much. Um, but it doesn't take away from, from what I would make at all. Um, so she's given, I don't even, I'm thinking like at least 15 hours a week of her time, um, to basically help out her team. And I'm not sure exactly how many people were on her team, but, um, if ever there's, there are questions about anything we have, we would go to her, um, like from like some stupid question about shipping to another, something about a product to something about, um, policy, like company policy or or whatnot. She's the one that we would go to if ever we had, like we were struggling with sales. She was the one that would like help give us ideas and, and what we could work on. Um, so she really devoted a lot of her time and I think it's just like, I shouldn't take it hard. She's not leaving the company. She lives near me, so I can always see her. But I think it's because of everything else that's happened. I feel like I'm losing someone else somehow. Like, I feel like, no, it's like a death. And I can't handle that again. Um, so I'm really going to miss her. 
but she's she's doing her thing. So I'm hoping that maybe I could just like be on another team with her since I guess I think we're going to be picking. Like I think we get to choose whose team we're on now. So uh, I don't know how that's going to go. We shall see. Um, That's a little more into my life than maybe you wanted to get. So this is the first hour. Like I said, I'm covering a lot and I'm this is going to be a two parter because I I took a sabbatical last week. Not really. Um, so when you come back, I will be talking about the peaker gathering and I'm going to explain what that is. Um, I'm going to talk about the studio closing. I'm going to talk about, um, Gilmore girl, Gilmore girls, (laughs) fantastic beasts, um, beauty and the beast, the website. Uh, if I have time, um, I will be doing a little extra stuff on Gilmore Girls and I'm going to give you little tidbits maybe on Legally Blonde and if we have time again, like I'll do a little health segment because I usually do some of that. Um, But we shall see. So come on back for part two and I hope I didn't make you cry with my kitty drama because that was very sad. But if I did, I hope I made you laugh after that somehow. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.